Welcome to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. So good morning. If this is your first time, you know, welcome to CSM Office Hours. I'm Jeff Brunsbach. I am the Director of Customer Experience at HireLogic. Um, now, that happened about four weeks ago. And then uh, I'm the founder, uh, alongside my business partner, Jay Nathan, of Gain, Grow, Retain, which is our customer success leadership community, uh, gaingrowretain.com. Feel free to go check it out. Um, so what we are going to do, run through some quick announcements. Um, I'll talk about the format for today. And then uh, we'll all come back together after that and do some, uh, some fun discussion. But uh, as I mentioned, CSM office hours and leadership office hours are going to be canceled for next week, just given the short week. Hope everybody gets to enjoy Labor Day, have a little time for rest and relaxation. Um, for today, we got some good feedback from last week. So we had a positive NPS score, um, which is always good for us, about a plus 80, uh, which is awesome. Uh, a couple of, of key themes, though, that, that came out and the reason why we're going to change a little bit of the format today was um, some folks were interested in just doing a little bit more networking, a little bit more of learning of who, who else is on this call, um, what other people are doing, what stage companies are they at. Um, and so we're going to do a, a quick session to hopefully facilitate just some more one-to-one -one introductions, hopefully. Uh, then the other thing was just the kind of more getting to more topics, hopefully, kind of moving through them a little bit quicker. Um, and uh, But at the same time, people appreciated using Slido last week and, and kind of getting some speed through topics. I think we talked about five or six different areas, uh, which was really fun. So for today, what I'm going to try, uh, this is the first time doing this, so we're going to, you know, you guys are uh, guinea pigs, hopefully this is going to go well, but I'm going to split us up into, I think there's about 25 of us, I'm going to split us up into four rooms, uh, four breakout rooms, and what I'm hoping you guys can do in those breakout rooms, um, I will not be there, so hopefully one, one person on the call can take the lead uh, who ends up in those breakout rooms, but uh, a quick name, company that you're at, the position you're in, and then what your first concert was. Um, so it's pretty easy to remember, but hopefully name company, job title, first concert. Um, and we're gonna do breakout rooms for uh, about 10 minutes. And so then what, hopefully after you go through and just do a quick round of introductions, hopefully that's gonna be really quick, 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Uh, and then after that, hopefully what you can do is look at the Slido and then just as a group, start talking about topics that are interesting to you, add them to the Slido. Um, again, we're gonna be in there for about 10 minutes. So just try and prioritize time really quickly. Um, and then once you guys get some topics in there, we're going to bring everyone back together after the first 10 minutes back into this room. And then we're going to talk about at a high level, the topics that you guys put into the Slido. So I'm just going to reiterate it one more time. So everybody knows, but breakout rooms, random people trying to get some, uh, hopefully some networking introductions for you all, but name company title, what your first concert was, and then talk about Slido, put some topics in there. that are going to be interesting to today's discussion. And then after about 10 to 12 minutes, I'm going to bring the group back together uh, and we'll come back into this forum just for a group discussion around the topics you guys vote up, the topics that you guys choose in Slido. I'm going to throw the link in the chat once again. Um, but let me do breakout rooms real quick. Hopefully it sounds fun to everybody. Hopefully this is, uh, we're going to do five breakout rooms now. Uh, actually, no, we're going to do four. Four breakout rooms. Uh, I'm going to do those real quick. And then I'm going to have you guys join. And um, we will see you in about 10 minutes, okay? Name, title, company. First concert, talk about Slido topics. We'll see you guys back here in 10 minutes. Cool. For <clears throat> the CSM was all things to everybody. Um, we were the conduit to every organization within our company. Uh, we were the face of the customer. We were also doing a lot of uh, technical work. So we were kind of playing both the support role and the CSM role. So if you kind of see, if you take a look at what the CSM role is supposed to be more on that sort of strategic side um, and actually helping your clients get to sort of achieving their, their goals, their objectives, their outcomes. Um, 
you know, start looking at how the CSM role could shape into kind of away from uh, the support function and into what a CSM should be doing on a day to day. And it kind of plays back into that idea of, you know, being that trusted advisor to your leadership where it's like, okay, this is what we're doing today. This is what I think we should be doing, um, you know, moving forward. And here's some examples on how, how we should do that. Um, how you exactly go about doing that. I, I really think it depends on, you know, how, um, you know, how, how your leadership kind of views those changes and where they want the CSM function to go. Um, but I definitely think there's opportunity for you to build out a case on, you know, how to break out some of those support functions and, and move them over to, you know, a, a true, I shouldn't really say traditional CSM because the, the discipline has only been around for so long, but um, get it to an area where you think it should be. Yeah, that's helpful, Stephen. And I think a couple of other questions as I was uh, continuing to think about how I could help frame some of this conversation too, Jeremy, is I think even one, answering yourself the question of like, do you want to become a manager or do you want to be an individual contributor? I think that's the first question that you have to answer yourself. Not everyone, you know, I think unfortunately over the years, what's happened is that that people feel like the only way that they can move up in their career is to is to go be a manager, but that's incorrect in, in a lot of thinking, right? There actually should be two paths forward where not everyone should be set out to be a manager. Not everyone is great at being an individual contributor and that's perfectly fine. There's different ways to get things done inside the organization. So I think that's maybe the first question to answer for yourself is, um, you know, which path do you see yourself going down? Um, because then I think you've got different routes to get there. If you're thinking about the, hey, I, I wanna become a manager type route, then I think you start thinking more about the processes internally. What can you start to champion and lead? Uh, what, how can you start to become forward thinking for not yourself, but you know, the rest of the team around you? If you wanna say the individual contributor route, then it becomes much more about like, which accounts do you have uh, ownership of? How do you start to, to grow your skill set within uh, maybe relationship building or negotiation, right? It becomes a lot more about your, your skills within the CSM position. So I think that's just one thing I'll add um, about that is just trying to make sure you're, you can already identify which path you want to go down. Because I think that's the first question that your management team would ask you. If you approach them and say, hey, I want to take the next step in my career, they're going to ask you that question. Um, and they, they might have an opinion too, which is always good to, to facilitate. Um, Luis, do you mind coming off mute and uh, maybe give Jeremy some of your thoughts as well? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll be brief. I know we have more questions, but uh, Jeremy, one thing that they did at, at my company that I've never seen before, when I started, there was no like clear path to um, like CSM to senior CSM and some of like the more tenured people were frustrated. So like they gathered feedback and they created like a core competency uh, promotion plan, like for CSM to senior CSM and then senior CSM like to team lead. And there's like, I don't know, like 20, 25 activities that you have to do in like from nine to 18 months. And that you're talking with your manager and your one-on-ones to see which ones you're checking off and which ones you need more help. And they go all the way from obviously like risk mitigation, calling out the renewal numbers, expansion, enablement, getting certified, managing your portfolio, helping other team members ramp. So it's kind of like several key features that they thought that you needed to be promoted. So I think that that's the first time I see it in a company and it was really helpful because you can see your progress and just talk to your manager. Okay, I'm missing X, Y, and C. How can you help me get there? Awesome. That's helpful, Luis. Awesome to share. Uh, Nathan, let's hit on you and then we'll, we'll jump questions and start to move into the next topic. Great. Uh, Jeremy, something that I've seen that's worked well for me and, and my job and just in general, I think, is to figure out what is it that you want to do? <laughs> um, I think Jeff said this as well, right? Do you want to go the manager route? Do you want to go a different route? Um, and maybe even start these conversations by... Um, by other things, uh, Myers-Briggs, breaks down personality things, things that you have easy talking points about, maybe your strengths, maybe your weaknesses, right? Um, I think I think it was Boaz, he posted a makers versus manager, um, how to schedule can make or break you. Um, he posted an article and I can share it as well for you guys. It, it was fantastic. It caused this whole thing to spark with my manager in a one-on-one -on -one that 
we're not doing it as a whole team. Like, let's talk about this. Like, who are we and how do we block our time? How do we perceive things and how do we actually count success, right? Like for some of us, it might be that, hey, knocking out a thousand tasks in a day is that counts as a win. All right. That might be a contributor thing or it might be a manager thing, right? So um, just kind of maybe trying to figure out if there's other springboards that you can jump off of that maybe have to do more with like who you are and what you bring to the table um, can also be a great way of exploring other things. Like I think my manager even right now is kind of identified. She's like, I think you'd actually be really good in operations. You should maybe start to explore that. And I'm like, cool. How do I do that? Right. And so now there's all these conversations about, all right, what does that look like? And what does that maybe shift look like in my current company, my current role? Um, and so that might be something just to think about of how can I maybe make that soft opening that tells my manager multiple things about me, right? Who I am, what I'm interested in, maybe where I want to go without having these like, I want to be a sales rep, right? Like if you don't have your exact role or it doesn't exist in your company, talking about maybe your strengths or what you're interested in can maybe help start to define what that role might look like. And it might be really unique or really different from anyone else, right? So um, that's probably where I would start is just say, if you don't know where you want to go, figure out some talking points that will help you share with your manager, your interests, your passions, um, and how you tick, talk, right? How your brain works. That can really help kind of drive maybe you into a direction you don't even know yet. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Nathan. And I, um, a question for you. Is that, is that information that uh, Boaz shared, is that in Gangrel Retain? I, I think it was. Um, I, I believe it was, but I will put it in the chat right now, actually, because I just pulled it up um, for you guys. And, I, and I'm pretty sure he did post it in the Gangrel Retain community. Awesome. Here we go. Yeah, I think um, I've also done like the strength finder test, Jeremy, just to Nathan's point. Like I think those, uh, as you get older in your career, you, you realize that those are actually become valuable and uh, you can open up a dialogue in the right way about, you know, where your strengths are, how you can position yourself to, to do kind of the best that you can and, and the skill set that you've got. So uh, I think it's another thing to, to mention that would be good. Uh, awesome. So, oh. Sorry, uh, the next question that we had on here was, how do you manage a customer relationship where the customer is more technical than you? This was an anonymous one. If somebody wrote it and you don't mind coming off mute, whoever did, and giving us some context, that would be awesome. If not, we can, I can try and make up some context um, that we can go from, going once. I, I know this came from our group. I don't remember, was that you, Ashley, that asked this one? Yeah, I think it was like a couple of us were started talking about how this happens, and I said, we should write that as a question. Um, <laughs> but I can start us, and then, I think, um, Perfect. Sorry, anybody, uh, Diana jumped off and she was talking about it too, but basically, you know, as CSMs, we're not next or I'm not, maybe we're not all very technical, but some of our clients are, some of my clients are developers. Um, by no means do I need to be tech overly technical to do my job well, but sometimes it's a little awkward on the call. You know, how do you keep building trust with your clients and having them like look up to you in a lack of better word right now? Um, with them being more technical than you and, you know, how do you keep building that relationship um, when, or even drawing that line between I'm not, you know, I'm not supposed to be technical. Like I can help you do this, but you know, you need to do the engineering side, you know, on your own, that's still your responsibility. So it's kind of open-ended, but that was kind of the gist. Yeah, that's helpful. And then maybe one follow-up question for you, Ashley, um, just in your role or how you think about this. Um, do you find, are we talking at the user level that they're very technical or do you also find that even as you get up maybe into a, like your champion or your executive buyer, like they're even technical just because of the organization structure they're in, like, you know, they, they still tend to be technical too. Is it kind of, I guess, at the lower levels or is it all the way up as you move up in an organization? Um, for me, anyway, it's mostly at the user level. So, cause it's okay. mostly marketing team. So that it's like the decision maker will be like a director of marketing and sometimes they are, sometimes they're not, but then sometimes they have like their user experience team or their development team 
working in the tool and that's they're the ones who are more hands-on um, programming awesome well we've got uh three hands raised so let's kick it over gabriel good to see you again uh why don't you give us some thoughts here to, to help answer ashley's question and, and what their group was thinking about yeah so i resonate a lot with that my my last job i i was like a client onboarding manager it was a quasi mix of a bunch of roles and so um yeah we had to deal a lot with the developers and it and tech teams it questionnaires what have you um and i realized uh so what i did that helped me a lot is one i did need to do some learning on my end because i need to be knowledgeable enough so that i can understand what they're talking about i don't have to be able to answer the questions they're asking but i need to be able to comprehend what those questions are and what we're dealing with and, and what the issue is and then also i did a lot of shadowing internally with our tech team um, because I learned that there are some things that they're technical, but there's actually easy, there's simple answers to them if we know that technical piece of our product. You know, simple things like, like we had to do um, some, you know, a PowerShell script uh, stuff, you know, and I don't know if any of you are in that, but I knew that there were certain things that if they did this wrong in the PowerShell script, it was not going to turn out right. It wasn't going to work. And it was just like add this line, you know, or add this text or have a comma. <laughs> and so I learned those things and it helped me to streamline the process. Um, so one is, yeah, knowing enough so that you can understand so that you don't become a roadblock, um, in their success path. Uh, two is, yeah, taking some time to learn. And then three is just leveraging your resources as well. You know, if I, if I did my research ahead of time and I knew that I was meeting with someone that was technical, um, I would ask either someone that within our team that was more knowledgeable than I was to join the meeting, or I would ask someone from our tech team to join the meeting as well. Awesome. That's helpful. Thanks for sharing that, Gabriel. And I think Rohan looked like he added some notes in here, um, as well, just about how, he's seen something similar and even at the kind of executive as you moved up in the, um, in the hierarchy, it's, it seemed like there were some executives that had technical questions as well. And so spending time with product engineering teams to learn enough to respond and be dangerous was um, helpful for him as well. So I think it's a good, good call out. Um, Rachel, it looks like you had your hand raised. What, what can you help offer um, here to the, the question we have? Yeah, well, it's a reiteration of some of the things that Gabrielle said um, in my last position. Uh, just getting screenshots from the development team as they were working on things like SSO integrations and Salesforce integrations and getting a, a playground and getting a test account and sitting with them and saying, okay, exactly where do I need to go? I don't have my client Salesforce integration. Maybe they don't, you know, maybe they're not on lightning again, but at least I can identify as I go through the scripts, I can have the client send me um, some scripts to, to, to look over and um, spending a lot of time with those development resources is huge having them. Um, I think it's also a win-win because they're also on the call and they're hearing from the clients what they're asking. Two jobs ago, I worked with very high-end researchers, MDs, um, pathologists, and radiologists. I had to study like crazy because I had to go on-site and implement and train them and manage the account and these are very highly trained <laughs> Arabian horses as it were so I had to plunge myself into reading radiology journals and reading pathology journals um, just to have credibility with them and, and sitting there and asking them as many questions as I could because I don't have a clinical background but I had to sit there and do like hanging protocols and workflows and things like that. So yes, it is intense study mode. Journals can help, blogs can help, and also having the technical resources 
And last but not least, during that position, I would also, we would get in the, the hospital, the HL7 feeds. I would also participate in QA and testing before we'd launch anything. That taught me a lot. If that's possible, I'd go through and actually do the QA before we'd go live and we would launch it on site. I learned a ton helping the, the Devon engineering, engineering team uh, do QA. Awesome. Thank you, Rachel. That's good. That's helpful. Um, one other thing I was just thinking about as well is um, a challenge that we had in an organization we worked in was that silos would start to happen, Ashley. So I imagine that in some, and you know, if you're having some of these challenges, you're probably figuring out one-to-one answers. Maybe you're going to product and kind of figuring out, you know, how do you help facilitate the right conversation, but then you end up getting some tribal knowledge that gets lost, right? It's really only held between you and the other person that you ask the question to. So I do think like trying to find the mechanism internally to create the right discussion. So do you have kind of a, a other customer success managers? Can you guys come together for a meeting? You bring in a technical resource internally and then regularly you guys are asking questions or bringing feedback in. You're answering that, documenting it, you know, goes onto a knowledge base, goes somewhere else where you guys can then start to share those experiences together. I think that's just something else to think and keep in mind um, is how to make sure that that information just doesn't get siloed because um, I think the other fear, right, is that you're having this conversation and then I'm having this conversation and it's the same thing and we're, um, you know, ending up spinning our resource, spinning our wheels and spending resources because we're trying to answer the same question. And, and there's probably dialogue that we can create there. So I'm not sure if you guys do that currently, but that would be another suggestion to think about as well. Yes, totally. We did just start. So that's a huge help. Saves our product awesome. team a lot of time too, because they probably don't want to answer the CSMs. One person can't do it all. So yeah, we just set that up. So that's, uh, that's awesome. But no, thank everyone for their answers there. I think that was really helpful. Awesome. We'll get uh, one more. I think it's Satora, if I remember correctly. Um, but do you, do you mind coming off mute and maybe sharing a few of your thoughts and then we'll move to the next question. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, folks covered most of what, um, I wanted to say, but the only thing I'd add is, uh, I, I initially came in, I work for a cybersecurity company and initially, uh, didn't have a strong cybersecurity background. So I, I think the biggest thing to do is just understand what the foundational knowledge pieces are and invest in learning those. Um, one other thing that, that also really helped with that is talking to more senior CSMs about, hey, like, what's the, what are the technical questions that I'll get from my customer that are the most common that I need to be able to answer on the fly so that I don't lose credibility the first time I get on a call with them? Um, and one thing that came off the back of that is um, we do biweekly fireside chats with our more technical um, people on the team who are the solutions architects. And so they'll take like a topic of the week and they'll cover, um, here's, here's a talk track around it and here are additional resources that you can go um, explore. And that's been super helpful. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I love the, I love the idea of just trying to find regular cadence with more technical folks. Um, I think that can be so helpful. All right, we're going to go to the next question. One, um, as a CSM, is it important to learn sales skills to further their careers? It seems like most opportunities are asking CSMs to close renewal and manage upsells. Um, so I will, it's anonymous again, if you did write this and want to chime in, let me know, but um, I'll give you some context just from our business. We were consulting, we were a consulting firm for the last three years in, in B2B SaaS. Um, and we saw 400 or 500 different companies over the last three years. And I'll tell you by and large, there's like a number of different setups that start to happen. But um, I think more often than not, what we were seeing was kind of depending if you were serving enterprise clients or SMB clients was where you would really get into like whether you own renewal or upsell, whether you had account managers that would sit alongside you, um, whether there was renewal managers involved. So there's obviously a ton of different ways to, um, to kind of skin the cat, so to speak. Um, and I think we've seen it more ways than you can imagine. But um, I think maybe the heart of this question is really just trying to think about, you know, is our sales skills something that you're looking to develop right now? You know, if you're looking at your, your skill set um, and how are you going to do that? And so Jeremy, looks like you have your hand raised. What's, uh, what's some of your thoughts here? 
Yeah, I think the old adage is everybody's in sales, right? Even if, <laughs> not, even if you're not actually carrying a sales title. So when I, when I think about sales skills, um, my company, White Hat Security, we actually are, are ingrained in the sales process as well. So we do own some renewals uh, and upsell responsibility as a part of managing the account relationship. But put that aside for a second and thinking about what do sales skills give you? And, and a lot of it is around building a value story digging in for information and, and ha being able to present that in a way that's relevant to the customer. So when I think about sales skills, it's not so much um, the quote unquote closing of the deal. It's about how do you articulate yourself well in front of a customer? How do you build a value story that's relevant for that customer? How, um, how do you go about digging in and discovering new information within an account that you may not be aware of? So I would, I am in full support, even if you're not owning renewals, um, digging into some of those sales skills, I think will benefit you as a CSM, regardless of where you go, whether you're technical or not, because the better you can articulate a value story, the better you can articulate a solution to a problem, um, the more likely that person is to buy into your advisory, uh, the to your advice that you're offering to the customer. So that, that would be my perspective on it. Yeah. I would probably just steal your answer 100%. Um, I think the, you know, something to think about at your organizations is how to maybe even like latch on to some of the training that's already happening to your sales team, just so that you can even just kind of utilize your company's resources, hopefully in a, in a good way as well. So um, if they're recording calls and they're doing coaching sessions, can you kind of, you know, sit in on those? Can you hear, can you also go to your, um, your, you know, sales operations leader and maybe get recorded calls that they use for trainings to say, Hey, here's what, you know, good value story or value realization looks like. Here's what negotiation looks like. If, if they're using call recording, there's so much value that you can get out of that. Um, the other thing too, is just thinking about if they're bringing in resources to go learn, um, any sort of sales techniques, um, if there's a way to, um, you know, if there's a way to kind of get on, on top of that as well. Um, I've seen that work where, you know, Hey, you can just kind of sit in the back of the room. You don't necessarily have to, uh, participate in every uh, exercise that they're doing, but if there's ways that you can uh, glean the content, I think that's going to be really helpful as well. Um, and I think to Jeremy's point, there's so many good benefits that come out. Uh, Anastasia, looks like you have your hand raised. Um, so I think it's important to maybe not know all the sales skills, but it's important to understand them. So as a CSM, we are the voice of a customer. And a lot of times when the customer contacts you, they may not necessarily tell you what their pain is, what they're struggling with. They may just say, hey, our product is not working. This is crap. We don't know what to do with it. You got to kind of dig deeper and see what really is going on and what end. And also sales skills are helpful to understand because it essentially helps you anytime we apply for a job, it's a sales skill. Anytime we look for something, um, bridge that gap, it's a sales skill. So I think it's important to understand them, maybe not to the great core's sales team would, but it's important to bridge that gap and understand what the customer is actually saying to you. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, and you can use sales skills in your personal life too, right? You're gonna go buy a car or buy a house, potentially do, you know, whatever uh, it tends to, to help you. Um, another thing that you mentioned, which I um, appreciated as well, is just thinking about the, um, thinking about how we're, we are asking open-ended questions. I think that tends to be a really big area that I try to focus on a lot with our CSM team. Um, we, we recorded an episode with a guy named Bob London who is really great um, on our podcast about giving open-ended questions like, uh, you know, after you have a QBR or an EBR type meeting, following up with your key contact to say, hey, what were you guys talking about when I left the room or what was the next thing you guys did? Um, and just kind of throws them off in a good way. It presents an open-ended question that you start to see what, what, what's important to them. Uh, so finding ways that you can uh, kind of have the, the open-ended questions throughout the relationship. I think it's great, um, Anastasia. Carly, it looks like you had your hand raised. Good to see you again. Hello, how are you? Good. <clears throat> um, one thing that we do uh, within my company is 
number one, we shadow the sales team a lot. Um, I find it really helpful because it helps you start to think about those open-ended questions that they're asking um, from the very beginning of the relationship. And then the next thing that I've also found really helpful and a lot of us do is we actually bring different CSMs on our calls, especially when it comes to renewal time. And they have a lot of different perspectives that they can add or you join them on their renewal calls so you can understand how they pitch that renewal or how they ask those open-ended questions that might be relevant when you're going into your renewal meeting with your customer. So I think it's really leveraging the relationships that you have internally, whether it's more senior CSMs or even people that aren't as senior but might have different experience where they can bring some of those open-ended questions or, you know, digging or just how they pitch those renewals for you. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I love the, anytime you can get like the cross-pollination if you have different, you know, if you have CSMs that are working in different product lines or if you have other ones, like, I always used to, what I tried to do in um, early in my career too, is I'd go look at who I thought was the best person, like who had the best renewal rate, who had whatever it was. And I would try and go shadow them. I'd try and ask some questions. So like even just looking internally and saying like, who can you learn from? Who's, who's the best at something that you want to get better at? Uh, I think it's really good. So uh, Nathan, let's sit on you and then we'll, we'll jump to the next question. Yeah. So I was actually just going to drop a, um, a book that I read that I feel like when I say sales skills, I always, I'm like, that's not me. I'm not a salesperson. Um, but a book that I might just reference as a, as a good thing to maybe, if you guys are interested in reading, is Never Split the Difference by Chris Foss. Um, it's about negotiating. Um, and that's helpful for life in just general, like whether you're doing job stuff. But as a customer success person, it can be really beneficial to think about not selling, but but negotiating. And, and having open-ended questions is a huge part of that, right? Understanding where they're coming from and what's going on. So um, that book is, I keep referencing it with my team as often as I can. I'm like, if you haven't read it, you need to read it uh, because <laughs> it's really is, it can be really helpful to get your head kind of outside of the, like, I'm selling and into the like, no, I'm actually serving these people, but I'm doing it in a way that it gives me information and give, empowers me to be more trusted, to be more valuable and to provide the upsell, the resell, whatever it is. And even if it's not me that's doing that work, I'm soft serving it, right? So I'm going to get it so that it's in a really great spot so the sales team can crush it or the renewal person can crush it because I've had the conversation. I've had the open-ended conversation and I understand what the customer needs. Yeah, that's a good book. Um, I've read that several times. I have a copy I'm looking at right now on my wall. Um, and it is, uh, to your point, I like the way you said that too, where you're serving people instead of like selling to them, right? You're just offering the, the best solution to solve their problems. Um, and I think, you know, that tends to um, need to be the mindset that you're going in with. Um, so I like that a lot. So um, hopefully there's some good anecdotes that you guys can take away from there. Um, uh, let's go to the biggest aha moment that you've had this year. We've got about eight minutes left, but uh, what are one to two examples, maybe the biggest aha that you've had this year? I kind of like this question. This is a, a fun one. Um, I'll give you mine, maybe to get us started. Uh, my biggest aha moment uh, right now in our company uh, that we deal with is just that um, we've had to come to the realization that we just have been um, unfortunately not as good as we've thought at building the right relationships in these organizations. So um, we've kind of learned that we are really single threaded um, and that we you know, have the opportunity to kind of go high and wide in these organizations to build deeper, better relationships. And so the aha moment for us was that, you know, uh, we just haven't had a process for that. Like they, again, it's just kind of been everybody fending for themselves, everyone just going into their accounts and just doing what needs to get done. And so if you actually take a step back, I guess my aha moment was like, um, you know, there wasn't the framework for everybody to operate and go do this in a coordinated way. Um, and so if we can actually build a framework, I mean, we've got great teammates, we've got great resources for them to go into these accounts and, you know, harvest the right relationships, kind of document it the way we need to. And that's really going to give us a chance to kind of scale and grow um, with ourselves. So that's one example. I don't know if anybody else has any, any, or I'm going to skip this question real quick. All right. On to the next one. Um, as a CSM, how do you spend your 
how do you spend your time when you aren't putting out fires? I think this is a great one. What are some of the proactive things that you're doing with your customers when they're not emailing you, calling you, texting you? Uh, how are you finding the time to go ahead and do this? So um, let's go ahead maybe and Rohan, do you mind uh, giving us a couple of examples of things that you're trying to do when you're, you're not putting out fires with customers? Yeah, so uh, CSM uh, activities or uh, priorities are actually just partially of what I do. Uh, so in our org, we've structured it slightly differently. I primarily lead the sales function, uh, but we also are engaged as uh, the primary CSMs for the first uh, 90 days till the customer gets settled in. So part of the uh, activities as you know, on the CSM side is uh, primarily focused around onboarding the customers, uh, ensuring their in initial experience as well as uh, you know, them getting familiar with the features and how it adds value to their outcomes is something that uh, we can deliver on in the first 90 days. Uh, so the first time value is what uh, the primary KPI uh, that's associated with me. Got it. Cool. That makes sense. And appreciate you sharing that. A couple of the examples I know that we're working on internally at our organization as well. Um, updating our, uh, updating our, um, our templates for success plans. Sorry. So on a regular basis, you know, when we're not putting out fires, like we need to be looking at these accounts, putting together the success plan that we know we're going to have to present in a short period of time. Um, another one that, that comes to mind right now that we're um, working on as well is just uh, the, the communication that we're actually sending out. So we're actually getting some of the, the customer success managers involved in if we do have some technology that's helping us. So if we've got, you know, automated emails that are going out, if we have things that are uh, upcoming that we know, um, we're trying to have some, some of our customer success managers think about those as campaigns alongside of us. So what's the content we're pushing out? Is it really relevant to this list of customers? Um, you know, how do we, how do we better or improve that? And so we're trying to get them involved in some um, minimal operational um, execution so that they can make sure that we're sending the right communication at the right time. They have the context that we don't have as a business. Um, we're trying to send out some of these communications. That's another one. Uh, but maybe one more person, uh, if you don't mind. Wayne, what do you got? So I would say data research, I'm more on the ops side as well. So going out, looking for trends in the data to see if there's common themes on issues or uh, usage data that we can use to start getting more proactive, uh, heading off problems with the customers. Yeah, that's a great one. We're doing that uh, right now as well with a bunch of our CSM team. We are looking for trends across our product, and then we're looking at trends in the relationships that we have, uh, and then also trends in any support data that we have, just to see you know if we can actually build like a, a full picture of that customer uh, as they head into whatever their next conversation is. So, you know, if we're going to have an EBR, if we're going to have a renewal, like what's the, the next touch point and how do we um, have that? So, um, awesome. So uh, we've got a couple of minutes left here, uh, but I think to me, hopefully uh, a couple of things that everybody's taken away from this conversation, you know, I know we touched on uh, what some, some of the skills look like uh, when you're building your career, how are we approaching our management teams, our managers about, you know, putting some frameworks in place? What does the next step look like? Um, how are we kind of getting serious about whether we want to be a manager, individual contributor? Uh, next point was just around sales skills. How are we developing those? Um, I know Nathan mentioned the Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Great book to go read and, and take a look at. Um, a ton of people have mentioned that in the chat as well. Um, I think just also trying to make sure you can leverage your own internal resources. So who on your team can you go learn from? Uh, where do the you know, sales operations, whoever you can go kind of latch onto um, would be really good. Uh, third thing was just around your aha moment. Hopefully you guys can think about that. Uh, you know, what are some of the aha moments that you've had? Um, I took that as like the aha of like, we know, you know, we need to go uh, change the process, put something in place. Uh, so thinking about that and then, you know, how are we spending our time when we don't have fires? Uh, how can we get more proactive with our customers? How can we make sure to build 
you know, great relationships. How do we have the right data in place? But there's so many things on an account that we can be doing in the interim. I'm sure it always feels like customers are reaching out to us. There's always emails to be answered, but um, trying to set aside time to do that work and then set aside time to, to focus on the customers and what the, the next step is for, for each of those. So um, appreciate you all spending some time. This is the end of our first four weeks. So this was a test for us just to try and get um, some of the process down, some of the meeting structure down. So I think I'm hoping, hoping to get some more feedback from you all in terms of the survey that I'm about to press send on while, while I see you all right here. Um, and uh, hopefully what we're going to find is that you guys enjoyed the networking piece right at the beginning just to try and get a couple of quick hits to know people, uh, come back for this group discussion. Uh, this is probably going to be what we're going to do moving forward. But uh, we've kept it small up until now uh, just to narrow down in this format. But the idea now is to try and just go get more uh, people into the conversation, try and go get, uh, make sure that we can get, try and go get diversity of opinions, uh, people, ethnicities, races, uh, companies, cultures, like wherever that we can go bring people in um, to add to this conversation. We're going to try and go do. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.